0: Hello and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you this week a continuation of my Foundations in Fascism series, a mini series that covers a number of organizations and institutions that are the foundations of the growing right wing movement throughout the world. This week, I am continuing this mini series by talking about Moms for Liberty a relatively new organization in the United States whose goal is to move school and educational culture towards the far right wing. Moms for Liberty was founded on January 1st in 2021 by a group of three women who were members of school boards in the United States state of Florida. One of them was the wife of the Florida chair of the Republican Party. For those of you outside the United States, that means that this person was sort of in charge of how the Republican Party worked internally inside of the state of Florida. That person later left and was replaced by another member. The original two founders remained, one of whom is Moms for Liberty's current executive director. Her name is Tina Deskovich. Deskovich is a paid employee by Moms for Liberty. It has a small number of other paid employees. The organization has been growing extensively since its founding, only about, you know, three years ago. Currently, it has chapters in 45 out of the 50 U.S. states and has over 100,000 dues-paying members. This is quite an explosion Since its very recent founding. And that's because Moms for Liberty is an extremely successful and effective propaganda organization. It really is cutting at the center of a lot of right wing conspiratorial and activist thinking around education and how those positions dovetail with anti Semitic tropes, with racist tropes, and with anti queer tropes that are really at the heart of the galvanizing of the potentially mainstream conservative voters of the United States towards more radical political ends. On paper, Moms for Liberty is a 501c4 organization, which is a type of tax filing in the United States. Literally, this type of organization is a social welfare organization. What that means is that they're tax-exempt in most of their activities insofar as they operate for the purpose of the common good in a local community. So a a more standard example of a 501c4 would be something like a community group, you know, like a community organization that owns a building in a neighborhood and offers after school services and like teaching kids how to swim and you know, stuff like that, right? That's what 501c4 is for. Moms for Liberty is therefore technically, again, a social welfare organization. That means that they are allowed to participate in politics but only if it is presented as a sort of like side gig to their main community work. So they are allowed to engage in political activism of a kind, as long as it is presented legally as like, you know, an auxiliary piece of activity that they might participate in. Again, thinking about the paradigmatic 501c4, if it's a community organization, such an organization might be like, oh yeah, we want... You know, we want kids to be able to bike to the community center, and so we want better bike infrastructure. You know, that's political work, but it relates to their community goal. Now, the community organizing the, quote, social welfare goal of Moms for Liberty is the elimination of anything that they think is cultural Marxism or gender critical theory or grooming in U.S. public schools they are allowed to participate in politics like i said however those political acts that kind of political spending is taxable unlike the rest of their activities being a 501c4 organization means that they don't need to disclose their financial donations at all this means that while they might tout the 100,000 dues paying members that they have you know who must pay a year in order to be members of the organization. They also get massive amounts of donations from other sources, and we don't know the proportions of those, right? Are they mostly funded by individual donors, or are they mostly funded by extremely large contributions from conservative donors and big political spenders? We know that they have benefited from fundraisers put on by major conservative personalities like Fox News presenters, such as Megyn Kelly, for example, and also major fundraisers that have been held by large conservative organizations like the Heritage Foundation, which I covered last week, which is sort of like at the center of the the growth of right-wing politics in the United States since the 1970s. Now, despite all this stuff about like what they are technically and what they are on paper, Moms for Liberty is not a social welfare organization. It is a political organization whose goal is to advance conservative, even extreme right-wing ideology in schools in the United States and probably potentially abroad if they end up getting what they want in United States politics. Moms for Liberty does this kind of work by advocating for book bans, by trying to change legislation that relates to classrooms and classroom instruction in the United States, and also by trying to influence teacher hiring in the United States. So let's talk a little bit about what their platform actually is. Now, back when they were founded in 2021, Moms for Liberty was initially conceived as an anti-COVID measures group, right? They wanted to end all COVID-related policies in schools in Florida and then in the rest of the United States, right? They wanted an end to mask mandates. They wanted an end to vaccine mandates in United States public schools, which, you know, is ridiculous given the history of vaccine mandates in the United States and especially in the United States public education system. However, they have since grown to see very far beyond those particular issues and to support a lot of political measures that don't directly deal with COVID policies. A lot of this is a sort of grab bag of what conservatives and the extreme right wing talk about today. But Moms for Liberty is at the heart of a lot of this. You know, they are moving a lot of these ideologies forward. They want an end to critical race theory being taught in United States public schools. Now, for those of you who have managed to stay outside of this particular controversy, kudos. Um, Critical race theory is a way of talking about racism that is specifically used in academia in the United States and in the Western world right? The idea is that you talk about race as a critical and inherent component of how politics and society work, and also that you approach it critically, right? That you think about race as not a given thing, but as a socially constructed thing that is used in society and that functions in society in order to perpetuate systems of domination and violence. Now, that is just how racism is taught in almost all United States institutions of higher education, And there is a push to teach about race in that way in most other secondary and primary educational sources in the United States too. Conservatives and the right wing, of course, do not like this because it exposes them when it comes to their policies of racial exclusion, racial discrimination, and racial violence. So Moms for Liberty, like other conservative and right wing organizations, they don't want kids to learn about how race works in the United States or around the world. They don't want to learn about the history of enslavement, and especially about white people and white establishment involvement in the history of enslavement. Some of them even want to present enslavement as a good thing that happened to black people in order to bring them out of some sort of primitive place in Africa. They also definitely don't want to teach about the history of segregation or segregationist policies, especially in the south of the United States, where lots of people look back on segregationist politicians very fondly or are, you know, related to them or something like that. Moms for Liberty is equally opposed to children learning about LGBTQ issues or hearing about LGBTQ rights or pushes for those rights. They're even opposed to children having access to, not being required to use, not being required to see, merely having access to counseling for queer youth in schools. They're opposed to young people having access to gender-affirming care, which, remember, for minors in the United States, almost exclusively means talk therapy or maybe puberty blockers, things that are already given to other minors who have recognized medical hormonal disorders, ones that mean that their puberty isn't going the way that they want it to. So, you know, giving minors these medicines in order to allow their puberty to go the way that they want it to is already established medical fact regardless of trans issues, right? They're opposed to this. They think that this is child molestation. They think that it is child abuse. And some of them even talk about it in terms of child rape. And they think that any discussion of trans issues at all is a form of child abuse. They want it to be eliminated, not just from public schools, but from public discourse in the entirety of the United States. Recently, Moms for Liberty has moved hard into book banning, They've been trying to get any books that they think are, quote, Marxist indoctrination or, quote, grooming off the shelves of school classrooms and school libraries, and they want them kept out of there because they think that they are pornographic, right? Moms for Liberty is on board with the current Republican and extreme right-wing push to think about books as a way to indoctrinate the youth and also to think about grooming as a method that culture, by which they mean leftist culture, I guess, or what they think of as mainstream culture, even though, you know, this is something that people have been trying very hard to get accepted in mainstream culture, right? They think that even discussing the existence of trans people is tantamount to pornographic speech, and that therefore the people who participate in that speech should be liable for prosecution, or if they are teachers, that they should be unable to be rehired, that they should lose their tenure, and be removed from their teaching position. Specifically, for example, they've objected to a children's book that used the metaphor of male seahorses, which carry offspring while they're gestating, that use this metaphor in order to talk about trans men who may potentially become pregnant, right? So they're objecting to this book, which is about a scientific fact that male seahorses carry babies that are gestating. They've objected to this book because they think that it is a, it is a propaganda tool encouraging people to be trans. That's what they think, right? In addition to this rhetorical activism and these judicial practices and these legislative pushes, you know, trying to get books banned, trying to get people elected to local school board positions, trying to get various types of education legislated out of existence in various states in the United States, Moms for Liberty has also engaged in direct harassment and organizing campaigns that target individual members of school boards and teachers. It's even gone so far as, for example, to offer a bounty, that's a quote from them, a bounty, for people who can prove that their local teachers are using non-approved texts or other materials, specifically if they relate to race theory or to queer rights. Members of Moms for Liberty have been recorded on video and voice saying that they fantasize about killing teachers and librarians for offering, again, for offering content that does not mold directly to their conservative worldview, right? This is the kind of people that we're talking about. People who literally fantasize about killing people because they have offered books that say that gay people exist. That is what Moms for Liberty is. Now, by this description, you should see how perfectly Moms for Liberty fits as a little puzzle piece in the emerging tableau of the right-wing in the United States. It is an increasingly important link between mainstream right-wing politics and extremist right-wing politics. It is funded and supported by establishing organizations like the Heritage Foundation, like Liberty University, like sitting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, but it also has increasing connections to the extreme right wing. So for example, it has direct connections, like I said, to Ron DeSantis, who has spoken at their rallies, has hired some of their leaders for his campaign. They're a big part of his work to triangulate on the right against Donald Trump as potential Republican nominee for president. They're also courting other establishment Republican leaders like Donald Trump and also potential sort of establishment-ish, you know, challengers like Vivek Ramaswamy. But they have also participated in rallies and events and public speaking activities that have involved people from the Proud Boys, a fascist organization that was directly involved with Donald Trump's attempted coup, and also the Goyam Defense League which is a radical anti-Semitic propaganda organization which, like Moms for Liberty, originated in Florida but has since spread to New York, California, and Colorado. The GoIM Defense League primarily operates as a, as a sort of like public demonstration organization. You know, they do like banner drops and they have people run around saying anti-Semitic garbage and hate speech with megaphones and stuff like that. So that's what Moms for Liberty is the glue between, right? It connects somebody like Ron DeSantis, To somebody who might carry a gun and walk into the Capitol building and try to kill Mike Pence, right? That's what Moms for Liberty is—is a perfect way to get middle-class white mothers who might be susceptible to culture war rhetoric, but who aren't going to be like directly themselves hooked by anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, like yet at least. It's an important way to get those kinds of people hooked into. Extreme right wing ideologies by presenting them at first as an effort to protect children and to enhance parents' control over schools, right? This is a really, really effective wedge. They're being extremely effective. They are doing a lot of work. They have a lot of backers. They have a lot of money, and they are not going anywhere anytime soon. All right, that was 15 minutes of fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash fifty minutes of fascism. That's fifteen minutes of fascism spelled out in all one word. You can reach me on Gmail at fifteen minutesofascism at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at HistofTheRight, that's H-I-S-T-of-The Right, and Fascism15. I'm on Blue Sky at 15 M-I-N-S-O-F-F-A-S-C. And you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com 15 minutes of fascism. Thanks very much, and I'll talk to you on Thursday.